Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, September 30th, 2019. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Bill Bank Green. Bank, this Ohio State team is unbelievable. I mean, you know, I I thought they'd win. I, I predicted 45-20 to 20 over Nebraska, but my God, they, they could have picked their scores. 38 nothing at halftime, end up winning 48-7, to 7, just completely calling the dogs off in the second half. Um, my question for you is this. Is this the best Ohio State team that you've seen? I know it's five games, but is this the best Ohio State team that you can remember seeing? Um, maybe the best September Ohio State team I've ever seen. Um, you know, another September national championship for them, which is, you know, they've got about 15 of them in the last 20 years. You know, it's too soon, Dave, to ask those kind of questions. Um, you know, they came came up during Troy Smith's senior year. Um, the teams that we never talked about being – some of the greatest teams in Ohio State history were teams that actually won national championships, the Trestle team. Nobody was calling Ohio State the best team, you know, in Ohio when they lost to Virginia Tech and struggled with Navy way too soon for this conversation. You know, through five games, it's amazing. I mean, there's there's nothing to criticize, which is so unusual. Um, you know, because you can take a team right now, you can take any team in the country, Clemson, Alabama, and there's something there that just doesn't look right. You know, Trevor Lawrence is not playing great. The Alabama O-line just doesn't look dominant. We could take any team, but with Ohio State, I don't see anything that you would even remotely criticize. But you don't get to be the greatest ever by beating the teams they beat. You know, win, win, go undefeated, win the Big Ten title, and run through the playoffs, you know, and then – then you're in the conversation, but you know, way too soon for that. In my opinion, it's fun for fans to talk about. I get it. Everybody's excited. Everybody should be excited, but there's a long way to go, my friend. I will say this: um, five games is sounds like a small sample size when you hear five games. But in football, I mean, that's almost half of the regular season. It'd be like in Major League Baseball. It'd be like comparable to seventy games. 70, you know, right around there, 70 games. Now, the difference is, Ohio State, as you mentioned, they have not played their toughest teams, not even close yet. Um, they, you know, the meat of the schedule is coming. There's no doubt about that. I thought Nebraska would, would be better. I thought even UC might give them a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a tussle, but they're just blowing the doors off people. Yeah, um, they are. Let yeah, me ask you this. Cincinnati's a good team. Let's go back. I mean, Cincinnati's a pretty darn good team. Yeah. Um, Look what they know, did to Marshall. Nebraska. I think Nebraska, they're going to beat some people here. You know, I know they lost Colorado. They were down two touchdowns to Illinois. That's not a resume enhancer. But they're not a joke, you know, and especially a Saturday night in Lincoln when that, that game was pretty much their Super Bowl, and that was something they'd pointed to since last summer. So, you know, I'm not about to downplay the wins over Cincinnati or Nebraska. I think those are both two really quality wins. And then if you look, you know, if what's facing them down the road, you know, you run through this schedule, and if, if we're having this call the Monday after the Michigan game and they're undefeated and destroying people, well, then, you know, that's a lot different conversation than what we're having today. Right now they have done everything, everything 
that they need to do to be listed as the top team in the country, in my opinion. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, they got a long way to go. It doesn't mean that they're going to win the national championship or even win the Big Ten, but my gosh, do they look good right now. Um, yeah. Joshua Allaby, um, for the second time in his career, has been forced into a start. Rose Bowl was his first start. Interesting scene to get your first career start as a fourth-year junior last year and then uh, got the start uh, Saturday night in Lincoln uh, at right tackle uh, with uh, Brandon Bowen out. Um, I found that interesting, not super surprising because Allaby is a fifth-year senior, but he had been repping at the, as the backup left tackle. Well, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer was the backup right tackle. They decided, hey, let's go with uh, Alibi over Petit Ferrer. And Alibi was the offensive lineman of the game, so they obviously thought he played well. Um, were you at all surprised that NPF didn't get the call there? Just uh, what do you think about Alibi? No, I was not surprised at all. I mean, Josh Alibi has played a lot of football at Ohio State. Nicholas Petit Ferrer has not played at all. So you're going into a hostile environment um, on the road at night made a lot of sense to me to go with your more experienced guy, um, a guy that's been through some wars for you, has played in the Rose Bowl, played in other games. So, no, that didn't surprise me at all. I mean, at this point, you know, Nicholas Pettifer is uh, he's a project. You know, until you actually block somebody, you know, I mean, it's hard to he, – all he has right now are his star rankings from a couple of years ago. That's all he has on his resume, where a lobby has played. And I think he's a guy that – you know, I think they know who he is. Where with Pettit Ferrer, you put him in there in that situation, he could be an All-American. Or he could be a turnstile that gets Justin Fields killed, too. So I think I thought it was the absolute right move, and the score kind of proves that it was the right move. And right along with that, I mean, the offensive line was just crushing people. Jonah Jackson is a bad man. He was, he was you know – a couple more knockdowns. I call them knockdowns, not pancakes. I mean, at the school that you know, Orlando Pace made the, the pancake famous. I think we need to keep that in the lexicon. But uh, they call them knockdowns. I'll still call them pancakes. Whatever you want to call them. Jonah Jackson is crushing people out there, and the entire offensive line was playing well, uh, opening up holes for uh, J.K. Dobbins and Master Teague. And um, boy, did they run hard and run well. Um, just what did you see out of uh, Dobbins and, and Teague? Yeah. Well, I, you know, in my opinion. This is an offensive line-driven offense where when I look at Bama, Bama has the four greatest wide receivers in one team I've ever seen in my life. They have a great quarterback, but that O-line could undo all that. So to me, I want to see an offense that is offensive line-driven. And then, you know, you throw in Justin Fields, his supreme talent, Teague and Dobbins who are running great, those wide receivers who are all playmakers, but – to me, it's, when it starts with the O-line first, that's when your offense becomes really special. You know, if you've just got special skill guys surrounded by an average O-line, that's not the way – I mean, that doesn't appeal to me. I mean, the way they're built right now, offensive line driven, I think this offense has a chance to be almost unstoppable. And defensively, I mean, gosh, we're looking at – Jeffrey Okuda and Chase Young, not necessarily in that order, probably go Chase Young and Jeffrey Okuda will probably be the top two defensive players taken in the 2020 NFL draft. I mean, they, you know, probably a quarterback will be up there, but like, you know, (laughs) other than quarterbacks, they might be the first two players taken, period. Um, And and this defense is just flying around. I love the way they're being coached up. Um, But man, I mean, it's not often you get to say, you know, we're watching, you know, probably 
the best overall college player in the nation in Chase Young and, in my opinion, the best corner in Jeffrey Okuda on the same defense. It's just – and the entire defense is playing well. It's just so much fun to watch, especially after last year, Bank. Yeah, well, I like the way when Halfley came in, and, and he and Madison, obviously, they're on the same page. And last year, you know, Shiano, Grinch, Tabor, Jones, those guys were not on the same page. And how could you forget, you know, best man Billy? But this year, these guys – Halfley has brought these zone concepts that, you know, Urban wanted to play straight man all the time, bump and run, in your face, man coverage, all over the field. Well, they, they do everything now. They play zone, and they can play man too. And Halfley seems to know when to dial up which one. And, uh, you know, Okuda is amazing. We knew he was amazing. Chase Young is not a human being. Chase Young was made in a lab, and they're probably going to figure that out someday, that he's not a human being. He's a robot. Um, there's, it's amazing to watch that kid because when you looked at the Boses, I mean, they were amazing, but they were pretty much almost finished products. Their dad had raised them to be D linemen. They had trained since they were young kids, you know, and everything was in their favor. Chase is still learning the game. Chase is nowhere near what he's going to be three years from now, not even close to his potential. So, I mean, you know, that guy is a marvel. He really is, and plays within the structure of the team. And there's, I mean, you can run out of superlatives for Chase Young. The guy you got, two guys you got to mention though are Pete Warner and Sean Wade, and the high level of play those guys are playing at. Pete Warner, I never, you know, after last year, I I didn't know if he belonged on the field, and this year, I mean, he looks like an All Big Ten guy. So you know, and, and all that credit goes, everything goes to the top. It's Ryan Day. He made the moves, and he has to answer for those moves. If they didn't work out, he was going to take a lot of criticism. And when they do work out, you get props. So props to Ryan Day, you know, for putting this staff together. And, and it just looks like a great mesh of coaches. It's crazy how great of a job the staff is doing, led by Ryan Day, as you so eloquently put it. I mean, this is a guy that you, you always hear in sports, and this is – it's a cliche because it's often very true. You don't want to be the guy that replaces the legend, and he's replacing the legend. And he, it's like, and again, five games. You know, we'll see how how things go. You know, when the entire season plays out. But uh, it's almost like to me, he's taken all the good things Urban Meyer did, and, and has kind of like added a few things here and there. Nothing major, but just tinkering with the offense. You know, going under center. Nothing crazy. You know, you know, the, just little things that he's doing. Um, I, I just could not be more impressed with Ryan Day. Um, Looking ahead to this Saturday, Ohio State, I think they open at like 17-and-a-half-point favorites over Michigan State. It's already up to 21, Bank. Um, you know, I mean, this will always make me nervous just when you look back at history of Michigan State coming into Ohio Stadium and ruining Buckeye seasons. I do think the Buckeyes are going to be fine. They just seem like they're laser-focused to me. But still, I mean, in the back of my mind, I'll always be kind of worried about a game like this. I see 21 points. I'm like, whoa, that's, a, that's going to be bulletin board material for Michigan State. But I don't think Michigan State has nearly the athletes to hang with Ohio State, to put it mildly. Um, just your thoughts on uh, the Ohio State-Michigan State game this Saturday. Yeah, it's another test. You know, last week you had the first road test, night game test. You know, the Indiana game, I mean, that was probably half Ohio State fans there, and it was – afternoon game nobody cared last week that you checked off some boxes there i thought you know and going on the road and dominating well this week you get to come home with everybody now talking about ohio state is the best team in the country and these kids read that stuff and you get to play a totally different type of team nebraska was a speed team a perimeter team this team doesn't have the speed 
and they don't have the athletes. And what they do is they're coming to beat your ass. That's the way they play. And when they have beaten Ohio State in the past, they never out-athleted Ezekiel Elliott and Mike Thomas and Joey Bosa and Braxton Miller and Carlos Hyde and Devin. They didn't out-athlete those teams. They beat them up. They physically pounded them. Now, do I think that's going to happen this week? Uh, it's going to be hard for Michigan State to beat Ohio State. Ohio State will have to help them. They will have to turn the ball over, and they will have to get physically whipped at the line of scrimmage, which is kind of tough to see right now. But that's the Michigan State M.O. And, again, it's a team that Ohio State hasn't played anyone like that yet this year. So beat them up, win the game, check off a few more boxes, and then you move on. But it'll be tough for Michigan State to beat Ohio State. And, you know, and any team that beats Ohio State this year in the regular season, it's going to be an upset. And Ohio State will have to help them for that to happen. So if Ohio State's at their best, they're not going to lose. Last thing, I just want you to give the, the listeners the latest on running back recruiting for the 2020 class. Mayan Williams, as we talked about last week, um, got the scholarship offer. And as you reported, um, you know, it's not just a uh, you know, non-committable offer. He could call Ryan Day at any point and commit if he wants to. I saw you put your crystal ball in for Mayan Williams. So talk about him a little bit. And also Trey Bradford. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with Trey Bradford? And maybe anybody else you think might be in the mix for uh, 2020 running back recruiting? Yeah, I like Bradford a lot. I think he's really good. He's coming in for an official. And, you know, I, I think they can get him. LSU is probably the big competition there. Um, Mayan Williams was a guy that I did put a crystal ball pick in for. That was after talking to some sources um, close to the Winton Woods situation, close to Mayan. And then after I talked to Mayan last week, I'm probably a little less confident on that pick than I was. I mean, he, now I talked to him after a game where his team got demolished and he got hurt. So it's hard to be you know, real upbeat and positive at that moment. But, man, I think Ohio State's in for a recruiting battle to land Mine Williams. Like you said, they will take him. He can call right now and commit. Um, it's just been hard for Ohio State to get him on the phone and to get him on campus. He just, I don't know. We'll see, like I say. But it wasn't, it didn't give me, you know, uh, the feeling that, oh, my crystal ball, this is a lock after talking to him. So they're going to have to fight for him. The Gibbs kid is, is impressive to me. I think they've got a shot at him. Um, I would have, like, E.J. Smith as a long shot, and I would have Michael Drennan as a no shot, even though he's still in there and he needs to be listed and he needs to be talked about. But I, I don't think that, you know, I just don't think that's going to be a marriage that works out. I don't think he's all that hepped on them, and I don't think they're – all that excited about him. I think it's something that could work out late in the game. If he doesn't find another school and they don't find another running back, maybe that could work out. But, you know, to me, I think it's Bradford or Mayan Williams as the lead back. And I think Gibbs is the leading guy to be the all-purpose back. So that's what things stand today. And they things can change by noon today because they're looking. I mean, they're actively looking for running backs right now. The world of recruiting, it does. It changes by the minute. Uh, great stuff, as always, from Bill Bank Green. Really appreciate it, Bank. And thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning in to the show. I appreciate that as well. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag. Best damn band in the land.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 